I met Fred for the first time, actually, earlier this year when I was at a conference, uh, Steve Chop and I were at a conference um, in Uganda. And as Fred was telling the story, and as I kept coming across him during the week we were there, my heart really felt joined to him. And I think there's a similar thing there. We have the same heart. He has the same heart that we do. The organization and everything in the church that he works for has the same heart as we do. And I thought it would be great if we could uh, hear from him. Well, as it happens, he's uh, he coming over to see um, churches that he is related with in Germany. <clears throat> okay. So our worship will seem quite lively um, when he goes there. Um, and he is... Uh, someone got it. Um, he, he's, uh, he was coming. So I thought, well, we'll grab him and have him here for a few days. And it's been great having, having Fred here. He's here for a couple of days more. And I'm going to leave Fred to tell you about what he does and share his heart. And he's got quite a lot of uh, slides to show us about what he does. But listen to him. He's a good man and he's doing great work. And I really commend him to you. So I'm going to pray now. Father, just uh, let our hearts be joined together. Let uh, Fred share in a way that um, inspires us, Lord. Inspires us to do the things he's doing. And Lord, in the same way that perhaps he will be inspired to do some of the things we're doing as well, Lord. And Father, I believe that this is a, 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 a meeting of um, your people that is going to produce fruit in the future. So Father, bless him now. Help us to have ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, my brother. Thank you very much. Good morning. I'm so honored and privileged to be in your midst this morning, and um, this is my first time in the UK, so uh, I bring you my accent to you, and this is the only time you can elbow your neighbor to ask, what has he said, really? I haven't heard that. <laughs> and, uh, so you are, but after church, don't elbow anybody else because it might be chaotic. Uh, thank you for having me, my friend Steve. We met in Uganda during our... Lifelinks Conference, we, we are part of Lifelinks International. In the church, I go to uh, Gaba Community Church as my lead church. Then uh, I'm doing some other work in the villages as I'll be sharing with you. This morning, I come to bring you greetings from ministry. Let me tell you a bit about myself before I get the team set up everything. Um, my name is Freddie Sechewa. Originally, I was called Frederick. When I was finishing high school, my, my teacher decided to change my name to Freddie, but he also ended up misspelling it with one D. So I'm um, the Freddie with the, long, uh, with the wrong spelled name, originally Frederick. And um, so the Lord saved me when I was 22 years old. And um, from that time, 30 years, 32 years ago, uh, God has been such a good friend of mine and got saved as a young man finishing high school. When I finished high school, I decided to go and do ministry. So I decided to go back to my village because um, where I was, I was going to a good church, but when I went to my village, I looked for somebody to share the gospel with, and there was none. So I decided to stay in the village. You know, when you do ministry in the village, it's very interesting. People in the city do, like you guys here, do street evangelism. For us, we do path evangelism because we don't have streets in the villages. We have paths. 
And uh, the, another thing you do is you let people when they are going to fetch water and collect firewood, those are the people you meet. I like meeting those who are going to the supermarket. So we live in two different divergent worlds. This is quite interesting. So I started ministry those years, and then um, during the course of our work, we were excommunicated from the church we were going to. We were going to an Anglican church and served guys on fire for Jesus Christ. Then I think it was too much for them. Then we were excommunicated. A bunch of us were thrown out. Get out of here. So we got out of our church, and then uh, I asked my dad to allow me to plant a church in his living room. That was around August 1987, and that was the church I planted. My dad was a few months in salvation. I was the first one to receive Christ in my family of 12 children. So I, I, I did that work, pastoring, planting. I had hardly nothing, nothing. I had not gone to school. I was just being excited. With the, and I thank God for the Holy Spirit because with him, you can do so many things. Even when you never went to school to be trained for anything. He guides you, teaches you. He, he, he shows you the way. So a few months later down the road, I, I ordained my father to be the pastor of the church. I, I just said, okay, you are going to lead the people here because the Lord was calling me to plant another church in another village. And I, my dad said, how? I said, you, you read the Bible and you preach. And you sing, they have been teaching you. So I, I left them there and then I went to several other villages planting churches. Soon or later, I went to college. Finished college, came back home, and um, got married and continued with the ministry. So today, uh, I bring you a ministry we started uh, about nine years ago called Celebrate of Ministries. And I'm going to take you through the story of our ministry. And uh, this ministry is in south of Uganda at the border with Tanzania. This ministry is in a community where AIDS started in Uganda and probably one of those places in the whole world. And even as we speak today, AIDS is still ravaging through. I'm bringing you a community where poverty is superseding the day-to-day -day living of the people. But at the same time, I bring you hope that much as there is that kind of suffering, the gospel is being preached, and the church is doing well, and Jesus is on the throne. So we are not hopeless. We know that we have our Lord Jesus Christ, who we share universally, as I come from Uganda, thousands of kilometers from here, and I find you brothers and sisters. So thank you for allowing me to come to your fellowship and to share our story. I'm a married man. Uh, th that's my family. Um, my wife, Rebecca, and our four children. Um, this is Joyce. Joyce has gone back to college. Uh, she's gone for a second degree in media technology and animation. So... She, she wants to specialize in those things. She loves the camera. She, loved, she was the best in the whole of African documentary production for the World Film Festival. So she has, she has this big crown in our house, and she was the best in Uganda. So she brought us some good pride, you know. And um, uh, Joel, our son, Joel, uh, following her, he's now 23, he's finished university. Uh, he's waiting for graduate in, in, in a Bachelor of Science degree in agriculture. So... He's, he's a great guy. And here comes the journalist, Jocelyn. She's 19 now. This picture is about two years old, so that's why you see their faces a little bit. 
she's doing communications and journalism. And we call this guy the king of the house. Uh, Jotham, King Jotham, is 13 years and is finishing primary school. My wife is called Rebecca, and that's me. And we've been married next February. We are going to be 25 years together. So we are going to have a celebration of our silver jubilee. Welcome to celebrate with us. So having introduced my family to you, I want now to bring you to speed to our work we do in Uganda. That's our office, and this work I'm sharing with you was started in the year 2009, December, when the Lord put it upon our hearts to go and start a transformational ministry in Rakai at the border with Tanzania. So this work we are doing is one which is bringing hope not only to those who are desperate, but also those who are believing in our Lord Jesus Christ. So our vision statement goes, um, we, are a, we are a ministry which is looking at to build uh, self-sufficient communities through the church. And, and we have a reason why we believe like that. Um, the church is, is the only institution the Lord died for. Live alone, each one of us individually. Um, when AIDS was on its highest in, in Iraq, we had all organizations from all over the world. I'm telling you, we, we, we had all organizations from all over the world. But at the turn of the new millennium, all organizations left because they thought they cannot change the situation. But guess what remained in the community? The small church. And the pastor whose son was dying of AIDS was suffering as equal as a neighbor whose daughter is dying of malaria. The church is so powerful. The church is the only place we can be because it can live there in the community. And the Lord died for the church and is coming back for his church. He's coming back for his bride. So this time around we said, whatever we do, we are going to do it through the local church. And what we are going to do as our mission is to strengthen their capacity. So our job as a ministry is to strengthen the capacity of the church by equipping the leaders and doing all the work we are going to be doing to bring about transformation. And those are four key core values, integrity, service, excellence, and commitment. We are committed to seeing that there is change and transformation coming into the lives for our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I will quickly take you through a few things we are doing and... Uh, uh, our core objectives is to equip, the, to equip the church through trained leadership, making sure that the leaders of the churches are trained, equipped into the work of a ministry. We are also involved um, in uh, supporting needed children, um, helping families, and making sure that we put them back on the road of, on the road of transformation and to start household initiatives. Poverty is, is one key thing which is killing our people, so we think through starting social programs, businesses, through the, the network of churches, we can bring about sustainability. I'm one guy who believes that relief has to stop. Now, this is quite unique. You've met people who only talk about relief. I personally believe that this country, UK, was our colonizer. Forget history, okay? Don't want to bring about that. And you left Uganda and you came back those who are there, your great ancestors. And since then, we've been living on relief from UK. So I'm done. I'm tired. I'm saying, no, no, no. We need to do something. Much as they came, they led us, they showed us, they were the open civilization for us. We can live on our own. We can sustain ourselves. 
So we started this work in, in our ministry whereby we can grow coffee. When we grow coffee, we bring coffee to you because you don't grow coffee and you like to take coffee. You buy it, you give us money, we take it back home and we become self-reliant. I mean, that is what it means. And that's what we are building through our objective three and our objective four is education and prevention of disease whereby we entertain medical teams coming to Uganda doing medical programs and they come back and we do malaria prevention, we do HIV prevention and education and all other kinds of work. So doing all this work, we are using a formula uh, which is quite interesting. We work through the local pastor and the local pastor introduces the ministry to the congregation and then the congregation identifies the needed families in the community and then we reach them out within the integral mission of our Lord Jesus Christ and hence we see transformation. So the thing starts with the local pastor. The local pastor talks to the church and the church starts looking at that family which is needy and then we see the whole community reached out. We have several interventions how we do it. For instance, when we are doing coffee, we have a discipleship program called Coffee Evangelism. When coffee groups come together, we have a Bible study, and it doesn't matter whether one is a Christian or not, as long as it's part of our, our coffee group, is put to, uh, right out onto the coffee uh, evangelism program, and then every other time they meet, we share scripture until we invite them to Christ. And we've seen many churches being boosted and people accepting Christ and we are seeing the gospel being preached. So this formula is simplified um, in one way. So we train one pastor at a time and now as I share with you my brothers, my sisters, we have finished training 260 pastors. That means we have reached 260 churches which means we have reached 260 villages and this, we have done this work through teaching, training, equipping, and doing a discipleship program. And we are now beginning to see communities transformed. So that is our formula. It is one plus one plus one times J equals TC. You know, when I was finishing high school, I failed math. I got F completely. I got an F, and now I'm a bit shy. I live with a civil engineer who is a mathematician, my friend Steve, so I don't want to tell him that I'm a poor mathematician. But one day God gave me a formula from heaven, which is one pastor plus one congregation plus one family. When we reach them out within the integral mission of our Lord Jesus Christ, their lives will not be the same. So that is a good heaven a mathematical formula. I beat you, Steve, on that. <laughs> <laughs> So my friends, we continue doing the work. We, uh, so when, when you think of uh, this one pastor and the church, then you look at the child being developed. Then you look at the sustainability program which has been put in place. Then we have developed our coffee brand, which is Hope Coffee. And then we have taught our people to save. We are poor in my community, not because we are supposed to, or not because we are cast, and not because we don't get some money. We, we make some money, but we are missing one life skill called savings. So your country is thriving because you know how to save, you know how to calculate your money, you know how to budget. So for us, when the church does the work and we find a family to support, and they sell their coffee, what happens with their money? That's why we started our bank. 
So when people sell their coffee, we teach them how to bank within our, our small bank we are running so that after that, they learn how to budget their money, they learn how to plan for their money. And that's how we have built our ministry. And um, we also do child and family development program, rather church and ministry development through training of pastors and medical outreaches. And um, so we, we, we have a training package for pastors to train them to build healthy, transforming ministries. So we've done that work for the last eight years and 260 pastors are developed. And we're also continuing with the Child and Family Development Program. It is like a sponsorship program. I know many of you are familiar with a number of international child sponsorship programs, Compassion International, World Vision International. Many other organizations come to you. But the Lord gave us an idea of, of sponsoring a child for a specific period of time. How do we do it? When one chooses to sponsor a child, we only sponsor a child for six years, which is quite unique. But what happens when one chooses to support a child and a family, this support goes to the whole family. And not only that, we start a coffee farm for this family. So in six years, this family will be making 10 times the money the sponsor gives the whole year. So the moment the family gets to that level of income, we tell the sponsor, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Stop, please stop. Okay, family, take care of yourself. And not only this one child is sponsored, but it encompasses the whole family. And in so doing, we've seen families getting rejuvenated and uplifted. And we are seeing Jesus really turning their lives around. So that's why we are saying we, when we sponsor a child, we have this child sponsored and, uh, in school. But it also affects the whole family. And if one becomes a sponsor, you can visit your child and, uh, and have fun with us when you come. So another thing we do, um, I know our time, we resettle children. We, um, you know, we are living in a community where HIV is still a problem. Like last night I was sharing with my hosts, this one family, the mother died, the father died, and the auntie decided to take the four children. And the girl who is in high school, the neighbor took her on. This is the fresh the most recent story we are handling in our office. Now, the aunt realizes that she cannot take care of the four children. Now, she's, bringing, she's trying to bring them back and dump them in a dilapidated home. And the neighbor taking care of this 14-year-old girl, we are afraid that he might decide to take advantage of her. You know what I'm talking about. So it is, it is a situation whereby we, we build homes and we resettle these these, these children who are left in this kind of... So you find a family living in such a condition. So what we do when we identify is that the family, this family, the, the parents had died, all of them, and they were left in this kind of house. So what we do, we raise money and we resettle them in a home like that and we attach them to the local church and the pastor or a person the church chooses becomes their foster parent. And we raise them up as a church and we see that they are safe, and we educate them, and we start a coffee farm for them as we build their sustainability for the future. So now we have con constructed 55 homes. We are working for this one home now to resettle these children. We know the Lord will provide as we continue to share our story. 
So now that work is going on, we thank God for that. And um, we're also doing our sustainability program. This is the program which helps people to live on their own, self-reliance. This is when we do coffee farming. I told you about a discipleship program we are running. Indeed, it starts at this level. This is the local pastor with the people who are now coffee farmers. So wherever the coffee farmers come for their coffee meeting, the pastor pulls out the Bible study material we call coffee evangelism. And probably that day is going to talk about money. And we're also going to talk about money from scripture. And probably that day we are going to discuss the harvest which is about to come. And then it talks about harvesting of souls and inviting them to Christ. So our coffee evangelism um, material is so friendly uh, to the people. They don't feel scared. They don't feel threatened. And at the same time, it is the, an opportunity we use to share Christ. We are using all means to bring Christ known to everybody. So the, after the, the pastor shared, then we equip the farmers and we involve the whole family in the development of the business. We believe that with our coffee, we can make lives transformed and changed in the name of Jesus. And churches and the pastors, because every group of farmers is of 20 farmers, and uh, the pastor is farmer number one. We've been having pastors who cannot educate their children, who are living in bad homes, who cannot clothe themselves, especially so dealing with the seven levels of poverty, material poverty, physical poverty, isolation, vulnerability, powerlessness, attitudinal defeatism. You know, people think we shall never change. We need to deal with their attitudes and to bring about Christ to deal with the issue of spiritual poverty. So it is all covered through this kind of, through this kind of work until you change the people's attitudes, but at the same time introducing Christ to them. Amen. Amen. So as I, I share with you this morning, we have rehabilitated 2,300 homes and we have planted over a million coffee seedlings and the work is still going on. We thank God for that. Can you clap for Jesus for that work? <laughs> All right. So um, in so doing, we, so building the future, building the future means that through our coffee interventions, we can really build the future of our people. And you see that they make a living. So how do we do it? When the people harvest their coffee, God has graciously given us a small factory from where we process the coffee. After processing the coffee, we package it for selling and we roast it and we package it. So I've brought some coffee. Those of you who want to test our coffee. This coffee is produced by a network of churches, believers like us and other community members and to develop a business. So until you get our coffee, in the cup. So we have built this work. All this work I'm sharing is built by the local church. That's the beautiful part of it. And another thing which is exciting is we don't have any money uh, from, from, for instance, government. Because government, they want you to be, to think the way they think. And sometimes in their documents, they don't want you to write any word church. For us, we say, no, we are a church. And we believe that God has called us to make a difference. So this is how far we have developed our work. And we believe God is going to change his people's lives completely. 
So we have also, so what happens is when the farmers bring their coffee to our small factory, we process their coffee and this is the payment system in our office until someone learns how to bank the money in the bank. So we don't sit on the heaps of sacks of money there, but we are telling people, give them a coupon. After processing their coffee, they take it to the bank and they learn and we take them through. This is a life skill many of our people did not have. So we are continuing that work and now our bank is growing slowly. Uh, in two years time, we had only 65 members. Now we are 651 people banking within our bank. So the church can actually transform people. The church can actually change people. I be strongly believe in the church, whether big or small, if we step out with the purpose, people can be changed. Now from 65 members to 651 in a recorded period of two years. So I thank God for the church because we can do a lot of work together. And um, we believe that through the church, we've reached out the communities through training of pastors, church leaders, farmer groups, etc. That's when we do evangelism, church planting, so many things. Two, we have equipped them for work. We have equipped all the, farm, the pastors for work through materials and training them. Three, we have directed the church to the families and we've seen the, the church responding to the community needs and we've graduated families for lasting sustainability and we've been able to do value addition on our coffee. So it starts with the pastor, it goes to the family, it goes to the activity until you find our product on the market. And the cycle goes, now the money goes back through tithes and giving in the church. Now we can build our churches and we can also become self-reliant. So our visit today is to encourage you to be, to pray with us and to, to encourage you to be part of the story. Um, lastly, I think I'm about to finish. I'm going to share with you lessons learned and what we have seen in the coffee season of, from May to August, just before I left. This is what happened. Um, we have seen our production going up. This, this one is family, and the red are single moms. The blues are families, husband and wife. So we see more single mothers, widows, and uh, coming up to take care of themselves. I love single moms. I love supporting single moms because I know they do a lot of work. They have a lot of responsibilities. So we incorporated them into the production. But also the quantities produced every, every day, we are seeing the quantities of the coffee produced rising up. And the money we have given. Let me share with you what. In three months' time, we've been able to bring 200,000, 201,000 pounds to our 260 villages in a record period of three and a half months. So this is quite amazing that um, the church has put together something like this. So our invitation is how can we keep it growing and how can we reach out to many more other villages. We still need some investments to help us do that work. So I know 
God can really completely change our communities. We've been having some challenges with the drought, uh, but we have come up with the means of raising water and keeping water in the ground. You dig a hole, you put a plastic sheeting in there, you put a roof on it, so wherever the little rain you get, you collect that water and you keep it there. And with this kind of system, we can keep up to 35,000 liters of water. And that is enough to irrigate coffee for an acre uh, of coffee or two acres of coffee until the next rain season. So as we go through these hard times, we can also, we begin to innovate and, and, and finding ways and means of survival. So my brothers, my sisters, results so far, 200 pastors, 60 trained, 55 families got brand new homes, 610 children supported and their families, 72 families have been graduated to self-reliance, so we stopped the relief. Um, 2,300 coffee families we are having. We have planted 1.5 million trees of coffee. We have 8,000 different farming uh, implements distributed among the farmers. We have six, 651 members serving with the bank. And we have our coffee in the cup. It has been launched. So those are the key results we, we share with you as a testimony, though, for you to know that. But we still have some challenges. 5.8% of our church leaders are reluctant. So not everything I've shared with you is rosy. We still have some lazy pastors. Pray with us. <laughs> Those who don't make sense of what is going on. But at the same time, some families on child sponsorship and family development are not responsive. You find their coffee is drying up. And not only that, we still lack some major equipment to finish on our factory. We still need to finish our factory to be a one-stop export center. But also, 10% of our farms were affected by the drought. So we need to pray and continue building water catchment systems for the people. But at the same time, unstable international coffee markets, like now, the market fell and then we're paying the farmers at, at least a pound and a half. The market fell below the a pound, so you cannot take that. It's a mix. So we, that's, that's a big challenge for us. But also, we still, all our transport system at office is broken down. We have very old cars, very old motorcycles. Everything is in a mess. We've been beating these machines for the last nine years, going far and wide in our communities. Those are the few challenges. When we bring these challenges for you to pray with us, you can imagine this farmer ending up with his whole entire coffee drying up. That's what we are talking about. So we trust that if we continue building those uh, mitigation systems, ponds and all that, we'll have this farmer, instead of just waiting for the rain to come and just watching his coffee drying up, he can use that system and keep his farm going. That's what we are sharing with you today. So um, with that, my uh, future plans, we think to build and complete our factory. We need to to do several things. These are some of the areas we need you to pray for. And continue praying for us as we think about Celebrate of Ministries, as we think about my bad accent and my uncoordinated English, uh, that you, you, you know how to pray for us so that we continue doing the work of ministry in Iraq. This PowerPoint is here 
with with Steve and Pete. So anytime you can revise it and get to know exactly how. We also want to build our small packaging place so that our coffee we pack can have a good decent place for us to. We are using a small place now where we are packing our coffee from. So that being said, it's just a simple question. Uh, I would like to give you an invitation whether you would consider being partners of Celebrate of Ministries and uh, as we build this ministry together, as we also work to see people's lives who are being built and the kingdom of God is being established in our communities. Amen. So that's the story of our ministry, Celebrate Hope Ministries, and uh, thank you for uh, listening to me. And um, so we, we started with Celebrate Hope Ministries. Now the, we have Hope Coffee Uganda. That's the coffee. And now we have our small bank. That's where people are saving their money. And all this work has been done through the local church as we continue evangelism, church planting, praying for people, and building their sustainability in their, in their homes. Thank you very much.